Welcome to the Post Show Broadcasting Live from Zeta TV in Los Angeles. This is where we elevate the creative cult. This is where creatives can be seen. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for always watching us. I'm Poe. On Saturday, April 22nd from 11 p.m. to 2 a.m., Dark Matters, number 10, Hollywood Secrets at the Pack Theater, 6470 Santa Monica Boulevard in Los Angeles. A panel of three real Hollywood insiders telling all about the seedy side of the industry. These are real folks who've worked with the biggest names in the business. They will appear masked with their voices altered so that they can truly speak freely. Trust me, this is real. Pack theater's great. Gotta go. On top of that, L.A. legend's Dennis Woodruff, a man who has directed thousands of his own movies, making a living selling them on the streets of Hollywood. Uh, last but not least, Rumpology, inspired by Jackie Stallone, who they attempted to book, then realized she's now 95 years old. Sylvester's mother, I believe. Michael Bilo will have his rump read live on stage by real-life rumpologist Maggie Mystery. For more info, visit packtheater.com. Pack Theater is on Santa Monica, down from our, our, our old studio. On Friday, April 21st, 7.30 to 9 p.m. And Saturday and Sunday, April 23rd and 24th, 3 to 4.30 p.m. Four Larks, Homeric Hymns, Villa Theater Lab at the Getty Villa, 17985 Pacific Coast Highway in Los Angeles. The Homeric Hymns are a collection or of partial and complete songs from the 7th and 6th centuries B.C., written in the style of the Homeric epics. They reflect the earliest stories about the major Greek gods and were recited in public to honor them. Award-winning Four Larks returns to the, get the Getta Villa, Villa with a chorus of actors, musicians, and dancers to create original compositions and ancient invocations from these ancient verses. In an ecstatic revival spanning two and a half millennia, Tickets are $7. For more info, visit tickets.getty.edu. Okay, so you ready? Today we're going to talk about the untold story that's now been told about the real Los Angeles metal and hard rock music scene. I have with me today the director, writer, producer of the Inside LA Metal movie documentary, Bob Nalbandian. Hey, Poe, good to be back here. I love I the know. new studio. You've been gone forever. Where I've have you been? I've been over here, and this is the first time at the new Zinna studio, which I love, man. Digging the new vibe. Good to see my man Jake back. What's up there, Jake? There he is. There's That's Jake. the Jake hand right there. The Jake hand. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it's great. It's good to be back, man. Um, I've just been, I've been out and yeah, about. Yeah, what have you been you doing? Know? You know, I've been. You just got out? Uh, we've been, I've just got out, man. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but <laughs> I did my time and I'm out and I'm actually living up in Northern California, but I've been working on the new movies. I know. And Where are so you again? I wanted to be isolated. I'm in isolated. Sacramento. Oh, Sacramento. And yeah, cause we were doing, isolated. we were doing a Bay area documentary. And so I left to do a bunch of interviews for the inside metal, San Francisco Bay area, oh, you uh, traitor. The Northern Bay. Yeah. Well, you know, we, you did the LA and of <laughs> course this, all those Bay area people. Baby cry. Yeah. yeah. Baby cry. So, you know, yeah. you gotta, you know, you gotta. Be politically correct when it comes to these things. Nowadays, Bo, it so. seems so, or not. So we're gonna do the, uh, and we actually all finished all the interviews for that, which came out great. And oh, you done with the them interviews? Already. It's like you know, I was living out in uh, uh, Sacramento, staying there at uh, my cousin had a place while I was. He had like a guest house at his place outside Sacramento, a big farm, ten acres, beautiful. Yeah. And 
after I did all the interviews, I said, shit, man, why am I going back to L.A.? I'm going to stay out here. I like it out here. Yeah. So I ended up staying. So. Till summertime, it gets 120 degrees. Yeah, that's true, but I don't mind. I don't mind. I lived in Redding much. for many years, oh, yeah. and it's like the I inferno. I lived in Chico for uh, a couple <laughs> so years. You know exactly so, hey, how it is. It's between know? here and there. I like the NorCal. You know, you got to move around. That's the good thing about no, being single. No, I think so, too. I've been in, in no Laguna kids. now for the longest I've ever oh, been wow. anywhere. So. Wow. But who South wants to move OC. away from Laguna? I grew up in Huntington Beach, so ah, there you go. So you know. You Absolutely. look like a Huntington Beach dude. Do I? You do. I look like a beacher. I was one of the the few Huntington Beach guys that did not surf. All my friends, uh, and we're talking back in the you know everybody 70s, surfs in Huntington early and rides a Harley. Everyone used to surf. <laughs> it's just weird. Yeah, I just never the Harley got into surfers. It. Yeah, that's super true. trippy. I remember them. Okay, um, so um, I would like to check out the trailer, the first trailer. This is kind of encompassing all that you've done thus far. Yeah, far it's a little bit confusing because each movie has actually two parts, so it's a two yeah. volume movie for each it took me like three days to to yeah straighten a, all of that a out. lot of people <laughs> can't figure out but the first one here's part one and part two it's uh the first of the inside metal series and it's called the pioneers of la hard rock and metal and this is basically we wanted to do something when we um you know i got the offer from uh warren croyle <coughs> and uh, joe floyd uh you know they were working on a documentary and they hired me on and we talked and we said, you know, let, let's do something different. Let's take it from the beginning. No one really talked no, no, about for sure, yeah. the era, you know, the Van Halen era from the late 70s, because that was such a huge scene, the yeah. Starwood and yeah. all those great, yeah. fantastic clubs. You know, before MTV hit, before the Motley's Rats yeah. and all that, there was a huge, the huge and the rats scene hit. in L.A., yeah. So, I mean, we're, you know, we're talking, <clears throat> we want to go back to like 75 when Van Halen kind of started and, you know, they have bands like Yesterday and Today or a Bay Area band y that used to come over, Y&T, of course. They changed their name to and Legs Diamond, and there were so many other bands. So we want to touch on they all don't, that. They don't talk about tomorrow. Yeah, so, you know, we... <laughs> tomorrow didn't matter in that era. It, well, exactly, exactly. So uh, so that was the first, and then the... Uh, but we're, we'll stick with the first one there. You could go ahead. Okay, well, let's that. just check out this the, uh, <laughs> the official theatrical trailer, and you guys can check it out. What's going on here? Well, look at you getting texted. There was no hip-hop, there were no boy bands, there was no punk, there was nothing. It was rock and roll. You could sense when you went to Hollywood that it was, um... Felt like there was more, um, girls. You know, the Rainbow, you know, Richie Blackmore, Jimmy Page, Led Zeppelin. Parties were like a phenomenon back there. Things started happening so quickly, we were like, kind of like... Thousands of kids would show up, but LA was was doing it. People underestimate the power of the '70s influence. That whole scene, you know, in LA was 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 the scene. <laughs> the meddlers against the punkers. He gave him some blow and a couple of quaaludes and cocktails, and all of a sudden, you know, it was game on. Helicopter shining the light down on everybody. <laughs> You give a young band like that, you know, a couple million dollars, they are going to get fucked up. It seemed like we had the world by the balls. And we did. The LA scene was huge. God, it was wild. Okay, 
Tell us about this. Okay. Madness. Well, that was actually the theatrical trailer. We did a edited trailer. We actually took that movie in the theaters uh, when it first opened up. We did about about 150 theaters mm-hmm. nationwide, and uh, which Is was that kind 2014? of a trip. 2014. God, 14? yeah, 2014. 14, yeah, yeah. We did that before before we put out on DVD, and it was an experience. It was a little bit, I think, a little bit premature. I wasn't really too happy with. Uh, how rushed everything it was needed more the promo probably. Yeah, yeah yeah but it was a great experience it was a great experience getting out to the theaters and, and doing that and it That's got a, a real good buzz and you know so that was really cool and um that kind of got the ball rolling a lot of people saw that you know oh wow this is serious this is actually you know gonna That's come a, out it's a know? story that needed to be told yeah yeah and wasn't weirdly yeah, I mean, there were so many bands, even, I mean, you saw in that trailer, Michael DeBar, who was in a band called Detective at the time, who were like the prodigy band of Led Zeppelin on the Swan Song label. And they were, uh, you know, really big touted band in, in the mid 70s. And of course, the band Angel, who yeah, were yeah. originally from Washington, D.C. And now it's great to see Frank Domino's out yeah. doing stuff and Punky Meadows. And they're kind of getting things back together. And, you know, so many of the artists had said uh, that, you know, the uh, the documentary uh, you know, sparked a lot of interest uh, uh, back in them, which, which is great to hear because he, these bands, we, these were the bands. I mean, I was a little bit too young to hit the Starwood yeah, and yeah, those clubs, yeah, but yeah. I remember that. I would follow that. I would listen to the old, you know, local radio shows on the original, like Can AC when they had Homegrown and all these different shows and listen to bands like Snow and, yeah. and A La Carte, who were a local, you know, Huntington Beach band where I grew up. They were like the kings of Orange County then. And, it it was cool it was definitely a cool scene and nobody really talks about because many of these bands didn't put out albums and it was you know like i said prior to mtv and prior to the era when you know the labels started signing the la bands so we're gonna take a break and get back to it so we'll be right back don't go don't go away
okay, so so this this has inspired a lot of musicians for one thing to get you know you put some heat under them, right? Oh, but also, thank you. I think so, <laughs> and that's another thing I want to talk, t- talk about anyway, which you reminded me. Um, it, it feels like, and seems like, maybe just because I'm in the middle of it, but that that the this particular scene is heating up. It's like revived. I hope so. I think a lot of it has to do with Ultimate Jam Night. And yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, it's, it's great. The, the Jam Nights, I think, has really brought in uh, it's brought a, a lot, of, lot people together. of people because the scene was really dying. I mean, you know, it I'm not dead. to tell you about all the clubs <laughs> closing down. Yeah. You know, the key clubs no longer, House of Blues. And no Ch- Chuck Wright says, and DJs can't jam. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. I mean, there's really nothing going on. I mean, they're, I, they're open a few in downtown L.A., but that's a whole different thing. So yeah. it's good to see that, uh, you know, Hollywood and the Strip, they're keeping alive with the jams. And, you know, anything to bring the people in and bring some actually tr- true musicianship and that kind of old school rock and roll vibe that is missed so much here. well the so jams are great. ridiculous because there's yeah. so much talent in the room it oh, just absolutely. anybody i don't care who you are you're going to walk in there and your mind is going to be blown at the talent because there's talent absolutely it's, it's the real deal you know these are the best of the best yeah we got uh, the uh, as as you know the reunited sound barrier playing tomorrow yeah, yeah, yeah. night and Very we exciting. got bernie k going to be on the inside metal show uh tomorrow so yeah you know what uh, is that in the in this next trailer that i'm going to show the first the first uh, one? bernie was our, in it Which was in yeah well, well it's, yeah, one, right? it's the second one of the pioneers oh, yeah. okay. the, the, uh, the three the minute trailer of the pioneers he'll be in that okay well let's let's check the the first one out the next one on the thing pioneers of la trailer and we'll see if he's there <laughs> The LA hard rock scene at the end of the 1970s into the early 80s was a little bit strange because Van Halen had broken massive. But outside of them, no one else was really coming through, so you had a lot of cult bands. Yeah, all right, Van Halen got signed, okay. Finally, somebody got signed out of LA. There was no hip-hop, there were no boy bands, there was no punk, there was nothing. It was rock and roll. That was the game. Going into Hollywood at that time, it was just like another world. Things started happening so quickly, we were like kind of like standing back watching as it was going on. You know, it was one of those crazy things. Thousands of kids would show up to a backyard party, man. And I see these two guys walk in. Well, it's Dave Roth and Eddie Van Halen. And Dave and Eddie come up and Eddie's asking me, I didn't even know who they were at the time. And he's asking me about the guitar, man, how do you make that thing go down so low? We had cleared all these tables out because they weren't ready for, you know, The lights go down, the crowd starts to cheer, and Richie says, excuse me, and turns and looks right at the stage and watches Eddie Van Halen, the whole set, doesn't look away. People who don't go back that far, as far as the Star Wars goes, they won't realize what an absolutely wonderful place that was. It just had this vibe, this energy was in this place, and you could really feel it. They were up on stage and they were playing, and you know what they were doing? They were having a lot of fun. There was another word for orgies then, it was called quaaludes. He gave him some blow and a couple of quaaludes, some cocktails, and all of a sudden, you know, it was game on in the bathroom with everybody. The scene back then especially was like gunslingers. He had the cheese grater on the back of his base, so he'd rub his knuckles on the back of it, throw blood around, you know, it was a good show. Honking the biggest loogies on the guitar player, and he was just loving it. They're hanging all over his face. And then Ringo Starr comes 
and he sits down right next to me by John. He's like this, John Bonham's on top of me, and they're talking, and I'm just like some furniture. <laughs> it was just gonna be about steady pace, do what we're gonna do, period. If you wanted to be a musician, you are playing rock and roll, and the competition was stiff. We got paid. I remember going back, going like, I want, I, I could do that. So much of a bummer to see these great bands, and nobody knew who they were or anything about them. The L.A. scene was huge, and um, it was wild. I mean, it was just incredible. So Jack is back. Jack Russell. <laughs> Jack Russell, he just he released his he album. Just put and, it, solo and it's killer. It still sounds great. It's man. not solo. Great singer. I'm sorry? It's not did you say solo? Isn't it a solo run? Well, Ooh. Jack Russell's great white. I'm sorry. Yeah, but there yeah. those are some killer musicians. Oh, yeah, Robbie no, Lochner. Great. Yeah. <sighs> no, he's got uh, uh Tony Montana back. Tony Montana band. back, yeah. yes. No, he's got a great band. Did I mean, you have you heard the album? I have, uh, yeah. It's good. It's, it's good. It is good. A little bit different, but very good. It's you know, that's distinct jack russell voice. definitely I mean, right i remember jack we used to go to dante fox shows yes, at the woodstock yeah. all the time in anaheim and you know they were like you know one of the top you know drawing orange county bands you know along with all the cart and there were so many other cool bands you know max havoc august red moon all these old bands that we would just go to the woodstock or radio city or concert factory leather wolf and i was the time metallica were just starting out they did their first show slayer we're doing cover yeah, yeah, cover yeah. songs and uh it were good times man i mean the orange county scene alone just had, had yeah a great that's scene true of, that's true bands where you didn't even need to go to la and then of course you had all the la bands from snow or wasp or rat coming out and playing the Woodstock and Radio City. And well, and well. like Chris Hager was talking about, you know, mm. there was the whole San Diego troupe. Sure. <laughs> a lot of people well, from San Diego, which Rough I didn't Cut, realize. Rat and mm. Warrior, of course, with Joe Floyd, our uh, a producer Diego, of the project. Right? They all came up from San Diego right around the same time. And I think yes. it's funny because I think Chris was in a band called Sarge yeah, at yeah. the time. And they did a lot of shows with that. And they were a great band, uh, uh, Chris Hager and then... He was in one of the incarnations of Rat, then to Rough yeah. Cut. They all, I mean, they you know, all, you, you, yeah. you, watch the documentary, you'll see it was like musical chairs with all these It's like Quiet Riot. Yeah, the, well, Did those you, bands. You had to have that documentary, right? Yeah, I saw that. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And I love I love the, the part where they have the, and then Chuck Wright, and then yeah. Chuck Wright's gone. And Chuck Wright got fired. Chuck Wright, you know, quit. The best part is when Chuck the guy's getting, <laughs> getting his autograph, and he's saying, no, I don't want you. You're not in the band. And he goes, well, I no, I'm right here. Album. See, look <laughs> no. at my name's on it. No, that, no, 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 no. I know, I know, I <laughs> know. That's pretty funny. I know. You know, we were, funny. you know, it's funny, because I know you, you were talking about Chuck Wright yeah. earlier. And you asked, why is he in the documentary? He's we, damn sure. I would have hit him up because he was also in a band called Satyr. He was in lots of bands. I never actually, saw S A T Y R. But they're a band that was never talked about. And, and everyone I, I remember back in the day when, you know, bands like Snow, A La Carte, Smile, Satyr were one of those bands kind of bubbling up. And they were, I think, a little bit more progressive, like a rush kind oh, of yeah, band. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And uh, Pat Reagan was in that band who also. Uh, did a lot of stuff with Richie Blackmore. He he, uh, he produced a lot of the Blackmore's Night stuff, and he was a producer. He did some Quiet Riot and other stuff, but uh, they were a band that a lot of people talked about. But, you know, there were so many people that we could have got, and, you know, when I kept getting more and more people, we had, like, 
way more interviews than you know Warren, the executive producer, was just pulling his hair out. He's, Enough interviews, oh, there dude. Were too many. Get, to, uh, yeah, get yeah. to the editing. So you know, and we just got whoever. Well, you just have to keep doing it then. Well, you know, maybe, maybe you we'll do. Definitely have to. Keep and we doing already it. I think put it's super it. We couldn't fit it in one DVD. Yeah. Everyone's going, well, why'd you do two DVDs? Because yeah, we had so much material, and it's like. Are they 90, minute, 90 minutes they're, each? They're about 80 minutes each, and we were trying to cram everything into one 90-minute movie, and uh, I'm just saying it's not You would have lost dude. too much. No, yeah. There's no way. And, you know, Warren just said, hey, dude, just do two volumes, and I'm like, okay, You need cool. to do, That's, like, you know. another two. So, yeah. Well, and you the, have one coming out, right? Yeah, well, the, ne- we the second movie is, which is out, uh, 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 you can see it streaming now. It's going to go on to Access TV as well. It's called The L.A. Metal Scene Explodes. But that <laughs> one's already been on, on Access, the first one. The first Recently. one was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Th- you know what? They only played part one, but they're supposed oh, okay. to play part yeah, yeah. two. They kind of experimented with it, and apparently it did really, really well. They I were watched really it happy. on Access. Well, there you go. <laughs> see? And so and they I'm are going to play. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we appreciate that support there. <laughs> I support any, the industry. Any single person out there watching it, it definitely helps. And uh, any uh, response and reviews you could give uh, mm-hmm. online is, is always. You know, uh, I had Katie Darrell on the show right. um, from the tribute bands right. on Access. So mm-hmm. I gave them a plug. There you go. <laughs> I haven't seen that show yet. I hear it's pretty cool. The, At the whiskey every. It's not going on right now, yeah. is it? No. Yeah, like a oh, did they just start again? Different. I don't know. Uh, well, it's uh, uh, live at the Whiskey on Wednesdays. Mm. Mm. And I don't remember if it's on now or not. I know it was on. I think it's on now. Right. I think they started a new season. Should so. we take a break? We're going to take a break. It's your show, We'll be right Paul. back. Don't go away. A quickly rising young group of super talented musicians. A unique sound described as prog meets pop meets message. Please welcome Cassette Culture! Yay! And the crowd goes wild! I think it's kind of coming back and that also kind of ties in with the name. So it's kind of like a throwback culture we're living in right now. I have a cassette player in my car. It's really, really trebly. Like there's a lot, yeah. of, a lot of treble. And it's, it's terrible, but it's kind of my favorite part about it. Talk at the mic, or I'm gonna have to see. He's always the singer, always the singer that can't use the mic right. It's just <laughs> the uh, I thought that the uh, Mama, when I grow up, I want to be a musician, and Mama says, You got to choose. <laughs> <laughs> How serious are you guys? This is what you want to do? I think it's the only way out for us. The only way out. <laughs> Fitting into the the model that we've grown up in, the societal model and all that. Playing music is a way to break out of it. It's yeah, it's kind of a way to make something of ourselves in the world. You appeal to a very broad listener base, which is a really good thing. We tend to attract older men, uh, which is a long-term goal for me uh, personally. seem fairly um worldly and intelligent too like you know that there's thank you (laughs) (laughs) no you just blew it (laughs) gabe say say bye (laughs) but almost there that's our that's our motto
Hey, welcome back to the Hollywood Post Show. So on Sunday, May 7th, from 4 to 6 p.m., Next Words MFA Creative Writing Showcase at Red Cat. That's Roy and Edna Disney Cal Arts Theater, 631 West 2nd Street in Los Angeles. Next Words is a reading series and publication featuring Cal Arts graduating creative writing MFAs. Taking place at venues across Los Angeles, bookstores, art spaces, and even a former city hall, it culminates in a final showcase at Red Cat. This year's anthology, A Running Moon, a selection of fiction, poetry, nonfiction, and hybrid genres curated and edited by the students will also be available for purchase. The showcase offers an opportunity to experience work that is uniquely CalArts, the result of a writing program housed within an art school. This event is free, open to the public, and followed by a reception. Reservations required due to limited seating. To RSVP, call Red Cat Box Office at 213-237-2800. Again, that's 213-237-2800. The event is hosted by the School of Critical Studies. So official. Critical. School of Critical Studies. It's critical. On Saturday, April 22nd, Thursday, April 27th, and Saturday, May 13th, from 7.30 to 10.30 p.m., Tosca at the L.A. Opera, 135 North Grand Avenue, Los Angeles. How far would you go to save the one you love? A fiery prima donna is forced to play a role she never imagined when she becomes trapped between her allegiance to her rebel lover and a scheming, and the scheming of a treacherous police chief who will stop at nothing in his lust for her. Sounds super exciting. The explosive conflict between these three unforgettable characters comes to a hair-raising conclusion in one of opera's bloodiest and most intense dramas. The electrifying Sandra Radvanov Radvanovsky returns to reprise her acclaimed portrayal as Tosca in a revival of the thrilling John Caird staging conducted by James Conlon. For tickets, visit laopera.org. I want to see that. I want to see all the blood. Don't you? Everybody wants to see I that. I do. Right? Doesn't that sound amazing? I love blood. I like opera. I like blood bloody and opera. Operas. What better combination? Blood and opera, huh? I know. Killing. Mm. Opera's brutal. Okay. So, that over with. Okay, so we're already halfway through the metal scene. So, next is the L.A. metal scene explodes. Halfway through. Yeah, that's the one that we were that talking about. That we are just about. talking yep, about. Yep, yep. Uh, Part one and part two, we should be getting that up on, uh, like I said, Access TV coming real soon. It's available on Amazon. Prime you don't know when exactly that. that's coming. You out. know they don't. They say it's going to be in the next schedule in the next season. So they're telling us. I mean, apparently they paid for it. So oh, thank you. Here, thank hand you. me that one. Oh wow, isn't this great? Isn't Champagne great? on the set, love it. I know. So it should be coming out, I guess this this coming season. So just uh, take a look on the schedule. And you know, I don't. To, to be honest, I don't even have access, so I don't. I you have, don't to have to I, 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 I don't have access to access, so Oops. I have to rely on other people to tell me uh, when it's uh, when it's coming well, on. Well, so. I saw part one, so on access. All right. So there you go. There you have it. Okay. Well, let's check it out. Let's check out the trailer for the scene explodes. Yeah. had such a great metal scene in LA in the early 80s. It really was an amazing time to be here. You go up to Sunset Boulevard and it was just packed. It was like Mardi Gras, heavy metal Mardi Gras.
our dressing room at the Roxy after we played. I'm looking around and there's Vince Neal passed out in the corner in a pile of his own puke. Yep, we're in Hollywood. <laughs> we ain't in Alaska anymore. <laughs> At the center of metal is now happening in, in Los Angeles. The UK press was particularly excited by what was going on in the LA and California, and in America in general by the early 80s, because new wave of British heavy metal pretty much ran out of steam. At that time, there was so much good metal. You know, it was so good because it was so genuine. I mean, you could feel it. It was electric. The air was filled with something that was going to happen. At first, they were friendly and hanging out and all fun and games. Then it became competition. The LA scene was so crowded with musicians, and everybody was getting to know each other. They all started sounding similar to each other because they were hanging out at each other's rehearsal sessions. Things kind of got polarized, and you know, they're. Like, you're either part of this group or you're part of that group. Everybody had their own take on, on this new form of music. I don't know what I'm going to do. There's no way if that guy is the new guitar hero that any, any of us can keep up. Keep fighting. It's just like getting a deal was just the beginning. By the, the time of the early 80s, it was very, very hard to get shows if you were a heavy metal band or hard rock band. We did some shows over that summer, opening for Armored Saint, uh, and, and we felt that if we could kind of ride their coattails, maybe there would be hope. We were in the dressing room next to them, and that's the, we heard them discussing their whole thing about they thought they were too heavy for LA, and they need to move to San Francisco. You know, we definitely had a, a bit of a, of a, of a kind of an identity <laughs> issue at the time with just not belonging anywhere. You know, we were just outcasts. And we were all on the verge of being homeless. The music is the music of the wild and the young. So yeah, it's hard to imagine Metallica not fitting in or not not being accepted. It's yeah, bizarre. <laughs> a lot of people, you know, they, they still say, well, Metallica, they're not an L.A. band. They're San Francisco. And it, they did must have done about 30 to 40 shows uh, probably in L.A. before they moved to San Francisco. They, they didn't resonate with people at the time. No, yes and no. They started to, after they came back to the Bay Area, I think, I mean... Uh, Remember, you know, Metallica were doing something completely new, especially completely to LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know, there was, you know, in 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 England and and Europe, they were really into, you know, the new wave of British heavy metal and all that was exploding. Bands like you know Saxon, uh, Iron Maiden, Motorhead, and all that. So uh, that was their influence, and they brought it over to LA, which you know people didn't really kind of get. Do you think first, it was because they're they're so, this is maybe a weird thing to say but they're so much more sophisticated in their music yeah orchestral and it's i would say and to be honest complex when when metallica started out in la they really weren't that great i uh, mean we saw they were still a very new well, they band. made up for it uh you know dave mustaine <laughs> was on guitar who was uh, mm. shredding and you know it's funny because he did most of the talking because james didn't really <laughs> he was quite shy at the time so dave mustaine would talk in between songs and they had ron mcgovney and they were still a little bit rough they were mostly doing cover songs they were yeah. mostly doing diamond head songs 
and you know sweet savage and blitzkrieg a few other songs but um yeah it took them a while but i i i remember after they went to san francisco they came back and did some shows they yeah. opened for uh y and t they just started calling themselves y and t at that point when they did the Earthshaker album i think black tiger was just coming out they played the woodstock and metallica opened that and it was like night and day it was like metallica were just so pro and so killers yeah. like wow and you could that was when i could really see the so they progressed there. a lot they huh? progressed a lot and then they did a few more shows in la and then they, uh, you know, got Cliff in the band and moved out. So, to, uh, you know, I guess it just wasn't, it's timing. It just wasn't their time, man. Yeah. And we're going to be doing, uh, featuring a lot of Metallica in the next two, uh, with Lars is also going to be yeah, in the next one, Rise of LA Thrash Metal, which we'll get into, and the Bay Area one. But I, I want to make note about that trailer you just played. I, I, I was just laughing watching it uh, because we did all the trailers in, at, for all three back in 2013. So we didn't finish the interviews for the uh, Rise of L.A. Thrash Metal when we did this trailer. So we had so many others, like Stephen Pierce yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, the guys yeah. in Striper and Leatherwolf yeah. and, you know, so many other bands that aren't in, in the trailer. Um, but, uh, you know, Wasp, uh, other stuff. But they we wanted be. to rush a trailer because we, we wanted people to see that this was real because, you know, we... we it had been so long since we did the interview. So once we got that out, we kind of got a second boost in in in, in uh, you know interest and uh, uh, but you know I just I'm just kind of laughing watching the trailer now. It's like you know there were so many other artists in the movie that were yeah, in the yeah, trailer. Yeah. But um, well, it just makes people have to watch the movie. Now. Exactly. You got to watch them. Teaser. It's they history. Call it. Yes. <laughs> L.A. history, and now you're working on San Francisco history. Yeah. That's going to be killer. Well, we're, we're editing the Rise of L.A. Thrash Metal, and that's going to have many of the same uh, artists featured in the other ones, that the thrash bands. Oh, that's uh, when they the start time. getting mad at each other, right? Well, no. There was conflict in that Well, there, there was definitely, but this is going to be, I mean, we've got, you know, uh, Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, uh, Anthrax, uh, Frank <laughs> Bellow. You know, so we got the big four in there and we, you know, they talk big about their four. shows in L.A. when Anthrax first came out of the West Coast and that kind of thing. And and of course, Megadeth, you know, we're an L.A. band, Slayer, an L.A. band. So three out of the four, big four, were in L.A. And then we have like Suicidal Tendencies, bands like Cryptic Slaughter and uh, just a, a lot of bands that really, um, you know, Abertor, Agent Steel, um, you know, and a lot of other artists that talk about shows, even even stripers in this, because they talk oh, yeah, about yeah, yeah. doing one of their early, early shows with Metallica uh, back when they were called Rock's Regime and also doing shows with uh, Anthrax on the Raven Anthrax tour and and stuff. So we got, you know, a lot of bands that aren't particularly thrashed in this, you know, Armored Saints. I uh, got a lot of uh, uh, footage in this. so But it just talk, talks about how it evolved into uh, an L.A. thrashing. And we really want to give credit to the L.A. thrash bands. Dark Angel, of course, yeah, uh, yeah. are in it. Um, Hyrax, of course, you know, DJ Will. A lot, a lot of people that were so um, uh, important uh, to the thrashing, not just in L.A., but worldwide and it really spawned from la to the bay area and it's you know, funny because you couldn't see any of this coming it, either no nobody it was very underground this, because saw this none coming. of these bands were uh, you know they would play the strip the, yeah. the roxy the troubadour and then they would get banned because it's a happening it's troubadour. something that happened yeah and, 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 and you know people were slam dancing and stage diving yeah. so they got banned so they ended up playing shows in in places like watts and uh, and uh, the Olympic Auditorium, and just and, you know, and they were playing with punk bands. So, it, and and East LA did did a lot of great, you know, uh, a thrash metal show. So, you know, a lot of these bands didn't really get the uh, the uh, 
you know, success they deserved and the attention they deserved because it was so overshadowed by the glam scene in L.A. And so because they looked so good with yeah. their big hair. We got to take a that break. was she that said that we got to take a break. We'll be right back. Don't go away. <laughs> An immersive rock and roll show, Ultimate Jam Night, which everybody needs to go to every single Tuesday at the Whiskey A Go Go. Chuck Wright! How did the Ultimate Jam Night come about? Um, was that your brainchild? Yes, it was. Uh, what it, were you thinking? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I created a monster. about a social gathering and that's what this is about it's about rebuilding the community of musicians again because you know all the clubs are closing the DJs have taken over you know and DJs can't jam I actually have a killer house band uh, with Matt Starr well, yeah you do well, Matt Starr from Mr. Big who helps mm -hmm. organize the thing and Mitch Perry from Edgar Winter Group and uh, we just brought on Walter Eno from Survivor um, and having Polly Z singing We put other players with us, but we also put combinations of players mm -hmm. that have never played together before, like Nuno Betancourt from Extreme and Billy Sheehan from so Mr. Cool. Big have never played together before, and they're up there just shredding off of each other. We moved over to the Whiskey A Go-Go, um, legendary venue, the only one in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, um, where I cut my teeth in Hollywood myself playing there. I was the guy putting up the, the posters for the shows on all the poles when you drive up Laurel Canyon when I was a kid. Yeah, I started here. The concept for this jam night was beyond just having the best musicians in LA play. I wanted to create a rock and roll circus. Organizing 40 to 70 musicians a week and I'm losing my mind. Rockstar is that. Yeah. You seem like a natural at this. <laughs> Who, me? <laughs> me? You seem like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm just cheating off her notes here. I know, see? my cheat I see it highlighted. I know you didn't send me anything. I know That's she just stole from Facebook. I know she would. She was Not a stalker. Just Every I'm Everything. a total stalker. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Susie Malone that was just on on there for ultimate that ultimate jam night thing. Mm. Um, I had her on my show and um, brought up that she was a musketeer for 14 years. Wow. <laughs> She's like, Brit Britney how Spears? did you find that out? <laughs> Dig deep. Well, Nobody the musketeer is usually the uh, the thing. Now that she's gets a them burlesque going. dancer. That well, there you go. That's usually the first thing you do, and then you kind of work your way up. Was you it like all the up. Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears oh, that they all true. start out as I don't musketeers? Know if, yeah, I don't know if Susie would want to be in that, <laughs> in the, packed into that uh, species. <laughs> I'm sure she wouldn't mind being packed into that Ooh. bank account category. Yeah, maybe not. Susie's <laughs> great. Susie Malone is one of my favorite humans. Cheers, Susie. Cheers, Susie. Mm -hmm. You have to drink after or it's bad luck. 
So that's why there had to be a delay of voice. Okay, we're going to talk about what happened next, thrash metal. Mm. Right? Yes, that is being edited as we speak. My man Curtis Don Vito <laughs> is editing The Rise of LA Thrash Metal. And I also got to give props. I mentioned, you know, uh, Joe Floyd, of course, uh, from the band Warrior, who are featured in uh, uh, the uh, L.A. Metal Scene Explodes, who were a great, great L.A. band fighting for the earth. One of, I think, one of the greatest L.A. metal albums uh, to come out of the 80s. Um, and also my other co-producer, Carl Alvarez. I got to give him props. He helped me out immensely on this. And Carl's just a longtime metalhead. He's been involved in you know the, the the scene just just like me but he's he's one of these masterminds that knows his memory is just is, is like an elephant we'll be interviewing someone and someone will bring up something and and, he has and a they tidbit. go i don't yeah. know it was i think yeah. it was 84 or 82 and the guy and carl would say now it was uh, june 3rd 1983 exactly. at the roxy but and then the guy would go you're right. How the hell do you know that? You know, I mean, he's like one of these guys. Chuck Wright does that, by the oh, way. Yeah. <laughs> he's Carl, like a living Carl's the master of that. So <laughs> he, he has been so helpful because that's my flaw as far as organizing and doing all that. So, you know, Carl and I had kind of this um, uh, working method where, you know, we would, you know, because we had edited all these interviews and then we'd have all these interviews. We'd have to kind of puzzle everything yeah, together. Yeah, exactly. and. And so he was kind of my organizer, and he, he helped immensely on that. And then he did does kind of the rough edit. We get it to the That's a lot of work and, and a lot so of So it is. It's a lot. You know, we again, we, we did probably way more interviews than we needed to. I mean, the riot, uh, the L.A. Metal Scene Explodes, I think, had nearly 70 interviews, wow. uh, which, which is quite a lot. So it's, you know, we, we put a lot of work in into it. But, we you know, we want to get all aspects so, so did this last trailer did that come later that for episode uh, well three? well the rise we're gonna play up next right the rise of yeah, la yeah. thrash metal that's that's yeah, the movie yeah. coming out and it's okay. uh uh yeah go ahead let's check that, that out let's check it out have seen beyond slayer metallica and dark that is so thrash. That is so over the top. The most extreme music I've ever heard. We were all hanging out together. We were all united around the belief in this music and, and it brought us together. San Francisco gets talked about all the time, but L.A. had a fierce metal scene. But man, we had to fight the good fight against of most of what L.A. stood for. L.A. did not get the credit. It was stolen from San Francisco. They, they took all the credit. All these bands started emerging who were following in the footsteps of the new wave of British heavy metal. And it, it was just blood. <laughs> it was just brutal blood, man. Just fights and just... There was no control. There was no control. The danger was part of the excitement. Kidnap a poser, set him on fire, tie him to a chair, beat him up. I watched them do stuff like that. And I've got the biggest band in San Francisco opening for you. We're like, why in tea? He's like, no, Metallica. I'm like, who? Good grief. You know, Metallica's much bigger than Diamond had ever were. So we got a copy of No Life to Lever, put it on, it was like... Metallica was the first time I heard the punk element plus the new wave of British heavy metal 
put together. I'm like, this is it. I loved it. Okay, well, we're going to headline LA. That's our hometown, but we're going to headline, and Metallica going before us. Well, that was a big mistake, because then they came on and just destroyed us. We went on right before Metallica, and there's still like that thread. There's no way we're going to blow away Metallica or anything, but I mean, we're going to fucking try. Open for Queensland. People really had no idea who we were. I mean, this is a big arena, and I remember looking at an audience of people having this look of terror. And, and the whole place was, the ceiling was sweating. Damn, that's rock star shit. Get up fucking roadies, you know? You got all the metal guys on one side of the parking lot, and you got all the punkers on the other side, and the animosity's already started. just crazy it was youth you know it was youth okay things switched up here a little bit right indeed yes <laughs> indeed well you know we wanted to do uh, <laughs> my favorite part. yeah so john gallagher from raven so funny we got uh, brian tatler from diamond head in this and uh, uh wolf hoffman and peter baltus from accept because uh, we wanted to bring, uh, they were really the influence for the thrash metal scene. You talk about Diamond Head, Raven, except, yeah. you know, bands from Europe that really brought over that. And not just those bands, but several bands. Exactly. Of course, Venom and all the other bands that, uh, you know, did the black metal and brought all that into it. But it really kind of started in, in, in England and came over. So I wanted to, to get that aspect as well. And. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Metallica was that their first tour was with opening for Raven uh, here in the states, and that's really what broke them. Yeah, but um, yeah, it says. Well, part of my notes here is mm. San Francisco. Um, it's talking about San Francisco thrash bands. Well, that's but, truth be told. Yeah, well, LA's a birthplace of three of the the big four. That's true. That's true. If you talk about Metallica, Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, Megadeth, and Slayer, and of course Anthrax so, so, from New York. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, you know, a lot of people don't like to be called LA bands because it was so, uh, I, like I said, overshadowed by the glam scene. So a lot of these bands were embarrassed about. It. And so they there was controversy the in there. Yeah, and we they get into that a lot in this documentary, and also in the yeah. following one, the the San Francisco uh, Inside uh, Metal San Francisco. We don't have the 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 one you're working solidified on. title. It's actually we did all the interviews for that, and again we got about fifty interviews there. I mean we got I mean all all the a lot of the L.A. bands talking about their experience going to San Francisco because you know you talk about you know Slayer, Metallica. I mean yeah. Metallica. That's where where they that's where they really made it. Was in going to San Francisco exactly. and Megadeth and all these Dark Angel and Hyrax and all these bands. Their experience going out there, Armored Saint, and of course we you know we talked to all these bands like uh, the the San Francisco thrash bands. Uh, Testament, who were legacy at the time, Forbidden, you know, Exodus, uh, you know, we get into Death Angel, all these bands. And we also get into the more mainstream bands that were, you know, Vane, Davey Vane, uh, who were a, a prominent band out there, um, uh, you know, Head On, I mean, a lot of uh, uh, Vicious Rumors, uh, Damage, I mean, so many, so many bands we spoke with there. So not just Anvil Chorus, um, you know Doug Piercy, uh, so it's it really captures what the Bay Area was all about—not yeah, yeah. just thrash, but you know Jet Boy. 
but you know kind of the combination of of of, of everything that was going on in the bay area and how it related of course to la and of course yNT and so many of the bands that were featured in these yesterday movies. and today but not there tomorrow okay right. so <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about what's happening tomorrow night tomorrow and night. actually after this show and and tomorrow, tomorrow yeah right? well i'm doing my debut inside Yay. metal show so if you're if you're online stay online stay on online. zinna.tv or you can or you can have some lunch or you, you can well, have some zinna.tv 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 go to stay here get stay some here. lunch after the show okay what's gonna Come happen what's gonna happen 3 here yeah we got bernie k from sound Bear. they're doing the big Sound barrier reunion, and of course, and you can I've you can pull that said, poster for tomorrow night. For there you go, there you go. The ultimate jam night, of course. Tom Morello producing the new Sound Barrier record. Metal has no color. We are so excited about because Sound Barrier were one of those bands. Yeah, let's talk uh, about that. They were the the, the first all black uh, hard rock metal band that got signed to a major label and they were one of the first before motley and all yeah. these other bands got signed well not the first i mean you, of course you had the the earlier but you know van halen and, and you yeah, know yeah. legs diamond and you know yesterday and today that had deals out but before the big la metal scene explosion sound barrier really kicked that off it was sound barrier signed with mca and then you had you know quiet riot and motley and you know rat but they had a lot of hurdles they had a lot of hurdles they had to jump through absolutely and they were a, black and a metal band. didn't go together then yeah it was it was a, it was kind of a like new who thing. the hell is this and this was long before <laughs> living color and so many bands exactly and, uh but they were great i i caught a lot of their early shows i mean i saw them uh you know in orange county and ls i remember a uh show at radio city it was motley crew rat and sound barrier yeah, yeah yeah that's awesome so uh they play they, they did shows with metallica they did shows with steeler a lot which was ron keel's band so they were playing alongside all the um uh L- la uh, metal bands but they were a, a little bit before that era and continued on and uh you know ended up splitting apart and bernie and 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 the drummer the late great dave brown yeah. on drums were in a band they were in a band called total eclipse with Victor Johnson, who uh, is now in, he's been in Sammy Hager's band for like, what, yeah, 20 yeah. years. Yeah. And uh, he's on Access TV all the time. Yeah, there you go. Mr. And, Hager. Uh, yeah, that's right. Not and Hager, uh, and Hager. Uh, Spacey had a couple uh, side bands as well, too. He had a, he, he uh, Spacey's actually in the thrash metal episode because he had a thrash band called Gangland with um the uh, bass player stanley oh yeah, yeah and so uh yeah so a lot of history there anyway. okay i blabber a lot but you know we basically a great band go see the show but you'll be, ba- night. you'll be back I'll at be three there. o'clock i you'll will be back at three o'clock with bernie k and, and i i gotta mention Stu herrera from klos too one of the big program directors he brought metal back to la did the horns up show on klos if you guys notice, the last few months, KLOS, well, probably the last year, KLOS has gotten yeah. much, yeah. much heavier. The guy I'm going to have on the Inside Metal show, Stu Herrera, is 100% responsible for that. So 100% responsible. Check that out. And okay, so tell us where we can find you, where we can find the Inside Metal uh, are documentaries. We, we are, are totally, we? Do- we're wow. over time. And I want to pu- I want to put that video in the end as we, you can do that instead of the other for Ultimate Gem Night. So where can we find you and your and your stuff? I'm on Besides Facebook, at 3 o'clock. Uh, and, uh, you could, and at Zinna TV. As, and on Zinna TV. Oh, Inside Metal on Zinna TV. We're bringing it back, fellas. It will be... Uh, what about the girls? Fellas. Oh, I'm I not a fella. And girls and all. Ladies and gentlemen, we are Ladies bringing it back. Gentlemen. 
And uh, you could contact me on what? Facebook? And we'll see you at Ultimate Gem Night tomorrow night. I will be there. Absolutely. Okay. So anybody who's been on the show is going to be on the show. All of the archives of social media of the show go to wetpuzzlepiece.com. You'll see it all. I probably won't have this archive on tonight, but I'll have it on tomorrow. And we're on iTunes, too, if you don't have to see us, if you just want to listen. Um, we're going to leave you with um, a little promo for Ultimate Gem Night for tomorrow night because metal has no color. So check that out, and we'll see you next week. Ciao. Sound Barrier is a great heavy metal band that more people should know about. I remember being just shocked to see this all-black heavy metal band and it looked to me like a black Judas Priest. Right.